Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, San Dimas School of Film podcast. Uh, my name is Tim Oldfield, and as usual, I've got the usual people here. Brad, Brad Gavin, how you going, mate? Ugh. Yep. So Brad, Brad had a bit to drink last night, so yep. we may not hear much or anything from you no. today, but that's cool. Julian Slaney, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, man. How you doing? Yeah, always good. And then, in the circuits of time, I don't even know where you are, actually, to be perfectly honest with you. Al Oldfield, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm in Sydney at the moment. Ah, I'm okay. here. Can you get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a bit, you're a bit crackly, but that's all right. A bit crackly. Oh, it's because my mic is shit. Maybe. That's all right. Take it easy over there. Um, <clears throat> so, last time we were doing this, Slaney decided, at the very end, that he was going to say that we all needed to watch a 2005 film called Revolver. Yes. So I guess thank you for that, Slaney. <laughs> but 2005, it might have been an... It's 11 years ago, so it's probably the, it's, it's the second most recent film we've done. Um, and Isn't what it? happened in 2005? I... I wouldn't know, but I think it's time for history with Brad. Brad, Brad, Brad. Brad. <laughs> what happened like in two thousand five? What happened in two thousand five, Brad? Well, now, but just before we get into this, I need to actually. I think during our last podcast, when I selected the film, I said it was a two thousand and six film. Okay, so it's fine. Which uh, it's actually two thousand five. Oh, that's just thrown super out critics because I've gone and got all this history on two thousand and six. Have you really? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So going into history with Brad. Um, look, I'm just going to have to say that the history of Brad this time is really uh, not really prepared because uh, I drank a lot of beer last night and <laughs> uh, I spent this morning very, very sick. And, um, so it's a standard yeah, Sunday. So 2005, <laughs> um, stuff happened. Um, things. <laughs> stuff. Things, things may have also happened <laughs> to people in, in places and... It's and that's the end great. of history of Brad. Yeah. <laughs> what, were you, what were you doing in 2005? What was I doing in 2005? Probably drinking a lot of beer and waking up on Sunday morning <laughs> feeling like I did this morning. So, yeah. Two, yeah. yeah, Brad, 2005 yeah. was the year before the magical year of 2006 for us. Yeah, where, 2006 was a magical year. I must say. Yeah, we, there was, that was a big year in our social group. Hmm. <laughs> A lot of, oh, lot, lot of bush in. I'm really curious to yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, we're not cool enough to know about that one. Yeah, man, we were. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, well, let's so just. So, we'll, sorry, I do apologize. Let's about just that. chalk that up as not much happened in 2005. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure well, heaps happened noteworthy. in 2005. Mm, okay. Just nah. nothing I can think we're of. If anyone, if, if anyone wants to email in about what happened in 2005, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. Sandemisfilm at gmail.com. That'd be great. Anyway, let's get cracking. So. Julian, Jean-Pierre, <laughs> Slain Dog Millionaire. Julio what is going on? So, what is wrong with you? Why did you make us watch this? Yeah, so let's... <laughs> I take it you didn't like the film. Maybe just maybe just get started in terms of... Uh, I mean, obviously you chose this film, appeal, so... The appeal, I guess. Yeah, well, just go into... You know, what are we what are we looking at here with a revolver? Ah, look, it's... You know, it's a Guy, Guy Ritchie film. Not even a lot of people realise it's a Guy Ritchie film. It's certainly not a film that... Um, Stands out like other films like Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, um, but I was this was this number three. Uh, like, yeah, I think it was. No, Rock and Roller was before this, wasn't it? Was it? 
I don't know. I have to clarify that. I'm I pretty sure too. rock and roll is newer <laughs> than this. So. Any, yeah. So okay. So we don't know where it was in the, the Guy Ritchie timeline. Is someone looking that up? Are you looking? I'm looking it? that up right now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the third movie of okay. his. Because right. I think I'm sure that rock and roller came out 2009, maybe That's 2010. What I yeah, yeah. Okay. kind of. Yeah. Um, look, I I discovered this this film on the interwebs. Um, you know, I don't own a legitimate copy <laughs> um, but you know I was just trawling through the internet one day and came across this film you know oh Revolver oh Guy Ritchie film it's got Jason Statham in it all that I'll check it out and the first time I watched it I was I didn't really know what to make of it I, I, th- I think I had more questions than obviously uh, answers after watching the whole film but there was something about the movie that really just struck a chord with me I really really like this film and I know that everyone else is going to be like what the hell was that, man? You know, but nah, there's something about this movie I really like. And I think it's... I, I've got a couple of notes. Oh, what do you got, Brad? What do you got? Uh, according to IMDb, it's the fourth film because there was one in between um, Snatch. Uh, we're talking uh, full-length films. So wow. One in between Snatch and Revolver called Swept Away. Oh. Wow. Never heard a, of A dollar it. for anyone who's ever heard of that. Oh, God. It's got, Ma- it's got Madonna in it. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, what I said. It's Madonna in it. Yeah. Oh. Well, we can't hear you. We can't yeah, hear you very well. <laughs> <laughs> you got your crackhead microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you're, you're intrigued by this. You found it really enjoyable. Yeah. A lot of questions. One of, one of the things I like about this this movie is um, because, you know, I, I kind of like a, 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 you come out of a movie, you question, what the hell did I just watch? Um, as much as I love my, you know, dumb, lame action movies like Speed and other films like that. I really enjoy a movie where I can come out and... (laughs) Speed 2. Love a movie where I can come out and just really question... um, You know, I guess I'm in a lot of ways question my own life and go, wow, what am I... Okay, okay, so I have a question. What do you got? Well, not a question, but a statement, I guess. I kind of feel like there's just going to be a lot of statements directed at me. Jules, what the fuck is this? So last time... Last time we were all together, uh, we all set out a suggestion aloud, right? Mm-hmm. Is what we thought it might have been. Now, Brad, oh, yeah. you said Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Timmy, you said... I am legend. What did you say? I am legend. I am, I am legend. Yep. And I, mm. and I said Donnie Darko. Yep. Now, I, I was watching Donnie Darko yesterday, just by sheer coincidence, mm. and it, it rang true a lot to me in the sense of, like... Donnie Darko is a film that I don't understand, but the filmmaking is such that I get swept along and I enjoy I enjoy the challenge of not understanding it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Revolver just felt like I just couldn't keep track. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, it just felt like sort of a bunch of it's a bit of a mess. One of my notes. One of my notes says it actually felt like a parody um, of a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, mm. the whole like it, it's it was I don't know there was the quote there were heaps of quotes at the start and then Statham was like I don't know way way over the top mm. confused and and confusing like I was just I look <laughs> I made a lot of sandwiches in this film. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so okay. So it's so Jason Statham. So at the start, he's getting out of jail, right? Yeah. And he's been there for seven seven years. Seven years. Which was a which was like a he basically 
was because he was involved in this game. This uh, was cards. I- illegal think. card games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and shit went crazy. Yep. Um, at the card game, and then he got dobbed in by. So, so the basic runner, because obviously, guys. in order to figure this out, and I kind of agree with Al, because if you, if it's taken me, I've watched this movie, uh, oh man, a solid seven or eight times now, to Ow! really, to really, <laughs> because because I want to understand it. <laughs> I, I want. Just, why? <laughs> why would you do that, Jules? Jules, go watch a sunset or something. It's like, like fourteen you know? hours. But no, but but I've I have honestly wanted I've wanted to have a solid understanding of the story because I I'm one of those people like you know certain people question their existence in life I question confusing films I, the first time I watched this I was confused I came out of it I was like what did I just watch and I wanted to understand it and I swear like even now at the end of it trying to understand all the little ins and outs of it uh, really really like I still have questions yeah it's it, I find it a very confusing film. And even after watching it so many times, I still have a lot of questions. But it's it's only in the recent couple of times that I've watched it, <laughs> <laughs> the recent three or four hundred times that I've watched it, uh, where I've really started to wrap my head around it and understand the concepts that Guy Ritchie was trying to get across. But obviously he wanted it to be so... You know, I think it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Donnie Darko because yeah, he wanted it to be a weird film like that. He wanted it to be one of these Mulholland drives where you come out of the movie and you just, you're not supposed to understand it. And I think he wanted people to sit around in a room and discuss Mm, it. Yes. Which which is what we're doing. Um, and yeah, it's only in the last couple of, um, times that I've watched it that I've really started to understand that the whole movie is, is, is obviously chess is, is a big part of the, the movie. Mm. Um, and the whole movie and the strategy of the movie and understanding the psychology that goes into the movie is is entirely based around a, a chess game. And Jason Statham actually talks about this in one of the scenes where he's he's yammering on. And it's when he's describing how he keeps beating, uh, what's his name, Avi. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I, like, I like that scene. Yeah, mm. the, the camera work in that is awesome. Really, we can exactly come back to that. I was going to say, the camera work was really nice. Yeah, camera work is unreal. <laughs> and it goes along with the story really well, you know, the way he's describing it. But then I was kind of like, yeah, when I, I watched it, and then I kind of related that, what he was talking about, about the, the the con, about the game of chess. And I'm like, wow, this is what the whole movie's about. You know, about it's about playing your opponents. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. Like, if so- you ask me what the film's about, I probably couldn't give you an answer. Okay, so at the start, right, so he gets out of prison. He's been out for a couple of years. He's gotten really good at earning money through illegal games or whatever he's doing. Um, And he has this, he beats this casino owner, Macca, is it Macca? Macca. Yeah, so... Macca, Rayleigh Otter. Yeah, that's... I really struggled to remember everybody's names. Yeah, and look... I I, even know I did as well. For some reason, I have a real problem with his acting. I don't know, something about him just... Rayleigh Otter. Yeah, it was just... It just... He seemed... He annoyed me more than anything. I think just in this. I don't know how much I've seen him in anything else, but... Anyway, so... Okay, so he beats this guy, and this Macca puts a hit out on him. But he gets saved by, I called him Card Guy, but I think his name's Zach. 
who is one of the two, Zach and Avi. Yeah, yeah. Zach's the big, the, the big <laughs> yeah. dude. Avi's the the because the... he kept dropping cars. So I'm like, hey, it's yeah. this car guy, okay. car guy. <laughs> um, can we just can we just call him Pussy from the Sopranos? Sure, that's what everyone will know. Oh yeah, he's true. I was trying <laughs> exactly. to figure out where I noticed yeah. him from. Exactly. It's, right. My whole thing in the movie was like, okay, so it's Ray Liotta, Jason Statham. Andre 2000 and, and, <laughs> oh, yes. and it's like okay cool I've got this it's great. Yeah. yeah so but my, but my point like you can't it's the film hasn't done its job if I don't even know these people's names like, yeah yeah no I'm I agree sitting there going, oh so Ray Liotta does this to pussy and then Andre 2000 that's Andre 2000 oh yeah look good on him like, good on I'm him. not sure that I ever heard them call him Zach what did, did uh, there's, Zach? there's a couple of times where okay. they Zach. Um, yeah. uh, must have been somewhere it's, else it's anyway. very pass- passing so okay so up until this point right so they save they save Mr. Green yep. Jake Green who's Statham from getting shot outside his door Yep. So Zach drives him away and meets up with Avi and blah blah by this point I'm like okay I'm I'm with this like I'm not you know <laughs> And then when they start talking about you got three days to live and then we can help you give us all your money and do what we say, yep. I'm like, yeah, what? Like, I don't... Yeah. I <laughs> don't <laughs> understand. One, they don't say, you're going to die in three days, but we've got a cure, but yep. we'll help you only if you do this. It's like, we're just going to help you not get killed by this Macca guy. And he's yep. like, well, I'm going to die in three days anyway. So why am I doing this? Like I didn't understand why Statham was so invested into this process. This is it yeah, just didn't well, make sense to me. The, this is one of the parts where even I'm a bit like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, I've watched it a few times. And yeah. I've really watched a few of these <laughs> I, scenes. I can tell. Like I've really <laughs> watched a few of these scenes. And from what I can tell is that they they are offering um, to save his life as a as a whole. Okay. I I I think I don't know whether. Because he goes get to another doctor, like, okay, so he's obviously aware that, yes, I'm very ill, because he goes to the second doctor, and he's... He went to two other doctors. He went to, yeah, yeah, he went so- to a couple of doctors, uh, and, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on what the deal is, but from what I can understand is that they... he Jason Statham, or, you know, Jake Green, is under the impression that if he gives all his money over... Mm. He will still be alive at the end of the three days. Yes, um, and it's not directly said to me. I can't. Yeah, I, I had yeah. to watch it a few times, and over a few subtleties, I'm kind of like, all right. I believe the way I feel about it is yes, they've offered him this ability to stay alive after the three days. Because otherwise, why? Why would he care? Well, like, that's, that's that's what I was wrapping my point? brain. Yeah, about. Otherwise, he'd just get out of town and. Just live Go have some fun. Days, so I'm yeah. like, and yeah, it's just a few subtle things that are said that I reckon. Okay, yes. So yeah, obviously there's there's a whole lot going on in this movie. There's a whole lot of confusion in this film, mm-hmm. uh, and this is you know quite a uh, heavy reason at why I've watched the film so many times is because I like a lot of films. You know, like like Donnie Darko, for example. I can watch that over and over again, and I, and I, I don't quite understand the concept concepts. Whereas like I get the basic concepts, but it's even like I could watch Mulholland Drive a thousand times, and I don't think I'd ever understand it. Whereas this film, yeah, no, absolutely, no, yeah, this film I can watch this, and every time I watch it, I pick up new things. I pick up subtleties that I didn't get before, and it's slowly becoming a mm. complete package for me, and I'm having a complete understanding uh, of what the end game is. So I, 
So I don't know. Like the <laughs> the trouble I had, like a film like Mulholland Drive or Donnie Darko. I mean, they're our two sort of running examples, I guess. Yeah. Um, like made sense narratively. Well, Mulholland Drive not so much. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they they seemed more coherent as a as a film, like mm. as a made film. Whereas this, I like Dead Set. I sat down and watched this, right? I'm like, I'm watching this for the podcast, so I'm not going to do anything else. Yeah. I'm going to watch this, all right? I'm, Lots I don't want to be distracting because Jules says it's, you know, it's confusing and he's interested. And <laughs> But I found this so hard to follow mm. and it felt to me like it was the filmmaking that was the problem, not mm. the story. Like the the... The story just felt like it was jumping around so much mm. that I couldn't, like they just felt like, I've, I've said this already, they, they felt like individual scenes that I would focus on and be like, yep, okay, he's explaining the chess game. And then all of a sudden we're at Ray Liotta and I don't know what who he is or what's going, why he's angry. He was angry a lot. Yeah. He was angry a lot. Like, why do you know what I mean? Like it, it, felt, it wasn't <laughs> so much I didn't understand the or the story it was more filmmaking just was really was loose and, and I couldn't I couldn't concentrate uh, look I it just it feels like a filmmaking thing more, more than a, a narrative thing which is yeah it certainly two of these first two films before that um no I think I understand what you're saying like it is it is a very um choppy and confusing film like I one of the, one of the notes that I made was I I honestly now this might be a confusing question can we look up when was Kill Bill oh, okay. made yep. I watched this movie and I swear to God that uh, what's his name Guy Ritchie had a big evening of sitting down watching Kill Bill and he's taken so many two thousand and three was that it two thousand and three yep. Kill Bill was made I reckon that Guy Ritchie sat down he's gone I'm gonna watch Kill Bill and he's so inspired by so many scenes that he's seen in Kill Bill and applied it to this movie. like That, the uh, use, that animation... <clears throat> the animation... Was just so yeah. out of place. I yeah. Just, I, I, that's, love, I love the animation. That's what brought me back on board. Right. Oh, really? It, it reminded me a lot of um, uh, A Scanner Darkly. Mm-hmm. Mm. You seen yeah. that one? Yep. Yeah. No, I haven't yeah, seen that one. The whole thing is animated. It's like Keanu Reeves, isn't it? It's and... Yep. Yeah, and it, it just it extends the reality. I really like that bit. Yeah, but it like came out of nowhere. I mean, I, it 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 did come out of nowhere. It didn't. That's kind of one of the things that actually really bothers me about this movie is that the uh, the animation because to me, again, like I'm like I'm trying to answer a lot of things in this movie and understand why he did it. Uh, and the the only reason I can I can truly feel there there are two reasons why I think the animated parts in the film one is it's a representation of what they're seeing through the gas masks. You know, they put their gas masks on, that's when it goes animated. I'm kind of, okay, you know, so it's a way of representing a, a, a different reality or it's a it's a way of representing, um, like, anger because, like, Ray, Ray Liotta's character, there's a scene where, where he's cracking it and he's, you know, the animated visualisation of him is that his hair's on fire and he throws his hands down and machine guns come out and he's shooting guns. the floor, right? Yeah, it's like these two guns come out, and it's just uh, an animated way of representing his anger. 
It's still that was kind cool. of. Feel, I really like that. Yeah, that was really cool. But it, it, like, you're right in saying that it didn't feel like it was in the right place. Like, I just don't see that this is the kind of film that that needed to have it. And I was kind of like, I reckon he watched Kill Bill. He was like, "That's a really cool concept. I want to do that in my movie. I'm going to throw it into this film." Because in a lot of other scenes, whilst the action and the film is completely different from Kill Bill, the the film style, like the solid colors. Like, there are scenes where the only color in the entire scene is just blue and black because mm. the whole thing's slit. Like, so many scenes are lit like Kill Bill, and then there's the animated scene. And I was like, wow, this is like Kill Bill. And, like, there are too many similarities between the two films. And that was one of the things where I was like, I was a bit disappointed by that. But I still really loved how they were used. I liked the, the solid blues for Ray Liotta's character, I liked the solid reds for what was his name the, the lord john guy the asian mm. triad boss or yeah. whoever it was yeah like i like that use of color and i did like the animated stuff but i just didn't think it really fit that well okay. um <clears throat> i you know there are obviously questions like I'm, I'm curious to know obviously jumping fairly deep into the film what you guys really thought uh it was that it was defeating so obviously in the elevator towards the end He's talking to himself, you know, like what is your perception of what it is that he's killing off in himself? You know, cause obviously he's, he's taking control. The whole movie is about taking control of this particular enemy, right? This enemy within and all of the quotes throughout the movies and all of the, the little one liners. Cause they throw so many one liners out there. I even made a note that this rem- this movie reminds me of like, one of Shakespeare's plays in the fact that there's so many friggin' head games going on and there's so many like cheesy one-liner kind of like dialogue. So many cheesy. That's, and that's where the the parody of a Guy Ritchie film came through for me. Oh, like, yeah. Cause the, you know, the, the it's like Lock, Stock and Snatch had great one-liners yep. that just felt really natural, whereas these felt really forced yeah. and parody-ish. Yeah, and that's I that, I think that's one of the things I kind of liked about it was because uh, even from the opening scenes, one of the things I wrote was like the whole movie is clearly not even subtly the whole movie is clearly done in a set as opposed for a, only a few scenes which are obviously filmed outside, but you can clearly see that so many of these scenes are like basic sets. Obviously, like there's a lot of money been put into these sets, but like the scene where they're playing golf on the roof, and it's like mm. man, that is a set if I've ever seen a set. But the whole movie is like that. And that's one of the things I really liked about it was it, it's just got this false uh, this false kind of feel about it the whole time. Yeah, so I, I think that, that just I really liked that. Uh, it was a weird the, one. The whole lift scene for me was very, um, very Fight Club, Tyler Durden mm, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then at one point it got very labyrinth where... <laughs> you know, at one point he basically said, "You have no power over me," like mm. uh, Jennifer Connelly did to the Goblin King. <laughs> I reckon there was elements. There was elements of Smeagol in there as well, in terms of how he was talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. well, I, uh, it just like I was at one point. <laughs> I was expecting uh, Jason Statham and Ray Liotta to be the same person. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. 
Really? Mm, yeah. Like wow. when when he I said the same thing. Yeah, when he said to was it um what's the daughter's name? Rachel? No. Yeah. Was, uh, the Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Yeah. When yeah. he said Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> when he said, "Look at me, Rachel." I was expecting her to look up at Leota when she. And see yeah, and I'm like, oh, that would have been good, but that no. would have been a good twist. You know what? That I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think maybe from the get go, I always knew that they were individual people. Like, uh, like um, my partner Katie, when she watched it, she was. There's a line that uh, Abby, no, Abby Katie says. Watch this. No, she, she voluntarily watched. <laughs> she it. may have seen it more than once. We don't know. <laughs> and, and she's still with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when she watched it, she there's a line towards the end there where Abby's sitting down and there. Abby, Zach, and Jake Green are all sitting down, and uh, he says, "You know, Jason Statham's character says, oh, you know, why, why this, why all the the blah blahs." And uh, he says, "We didn't do it because." We like you. We did it because we are you. And you know, again, mm. I, I questioned it as well. I was like, "Wow, are, they, is, are all three of these guys the same person?" You know, and same. Katie asked the same thing. She's like, "Oh, are, are they the same guys?" And I was like, you know, again, after watching it multiple multiple times, like, no, every person in this film is an individual character, and they're all in control of their own uh, little destiny. There's not. A, it's yeah. It's very I, to me. It was very clear cut. It wasn't a Fight Club kind of thing where he was split personality. There wasn't, you know, two characters who were actually one character. Like, everyone in the film is a Do we know character. that Zach and Avi weren't him? Yeah, there's there's enough. Uh, like because, it, I'm trying to think when they're actually conversing with another... Well, there's yeah. scenes where they no, still... When they the, go into the hotel and there's the uh, the girl that's with them. The what? When they... Uh, girl with them in the hotel. Girl hotel. They go... They pull up in a van out the front and they go in... And yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, oh, what was her the, name? The girls uh, with her. Didn't write it down. She wasn't an important enough character to, to note, apparently. Oh, I clearly don't remember. No, I it's, don't it's, it's, remember this scene. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's when they yeah. go in and gas everyone and then rob yeah, them all it's, while it's, they're... Yeah, it's um. the female that's working with them, right? Like, they're, they're very much individual people. It's not a case of, you know, this collective of people is the one person. Very much individual people. Because um, it makes it. Because I mean, the whole thing about the start where you know he's in solitary in prison and they're in the two cells next to him, and you know all this stuff, and then they vanished. You know, there was this thing as yeah. saying, "Oh, there was one day that the other two just vanished." I, I kind of like that actually. The the whole because there's a part where it says where um, Jake Green's talking about the way these guys escaped, and they said, you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, basically they decided to go on this day." And the thing that he says, uh, steel and brick wasn't even mentioned, mm. uh, and somehow they just made this escape. And I'm like, far out. How'd they do it? You know, like mm. I, I can't answer that. I have no idea. I have absolutely no understanding of so many things in this film and how it was accomplished. But I mean, I kind of like the, that. I guess where it gets hazy for me is like, like yeah, look, I didn't understand. I didn't see how they got out. Like when they when they revealed that they were the chess guy and the con guy, I'm like, oh okay. Like I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't care. Like it, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a big reveal. It was yeah. just like, no, I'm, yeah, see, I'm still here. I am. Um, I didn't. I've I just found that when that I figured that out like almost straight away. Like pretty much just went. Oh, uh, they're obviously the two guys who were, you know, yeah, in beside him in in jail. It's like, yeah, no surprise. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with Al on this that I, the things were just happening, and you just, you just like, well, what, what, who's this guy now? Like, I mean, 
They all of a sudden they mentioned Mr. Gold with Mrs. What's her name? Miss uh, Walker. Yeah. Walker. Walker. And that woman. Who was that? And woman? then she's talking about Mr. Gold. I'm like, who's Mr. Gold? And then all of a sudden the triad guys come in. I'm like, hang on a minute. Who are these guys? Hang on. Hang on. Like we're ju- hang we're on. juggling too many people too quickly. Yeah. Like it felt yeah. like instead of it didn't feel cohesive in terms of bringing all these people in. It just felt like we were getting thrown at, like characters were just getting thrown at us. At a, lots, lots of so lots of storylines going on at once. Kind yeah, of and least. and just who had whose money or drugs, and then you know, just and then all of a sudden there was this whole psychological thing about it. It's like yeah. oh, okay, we're not just worried about those guys. We're also <laughs> worried about internally as well. Um, and I felt that that got all of a sudden. Like it was almost like a switch was turned on, and Mr. Green and um, Macca were all of a sudden both just kind of freaking out mentally. Yeah. And I thought that just came on out all of a sudden. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. The the whole um, you know, clear because obviously I really like the way you can hear what he's thinking, like in in real time. You know, like they he comes into a scene he's talking to someone and it's it's obviously representing what he's thinking as yeah, well yeah along with that and i really like that but that did come in late there there is this one scene where they do it very early on mm. then it does kind of pause and then it's very late it comes back in the film and then it's like the main part of the film is what he's thinking and also saying um i really like that i thought that was that was clever but uh i i completely understand what you're saying about like the introduction of the, the characters you know like yeah exactly i've it's taken me how many times? That's like seven or eight times to watch mm. this, and I still don't completely and, and, understand. And it. I think that's a problem. Like I think that, you know, what kind of going on? What I was saying in terms of okay, you know, with Doi Darko, you you still enjoy and you're wrapped up in the story, even though you don't fully understand what the ending is or whatever or what's going on. Yep. Whereas this one, it feels more like you have to understand it to enjoy the story. Which and understanding it is the hard part. Yeah, I'd probably give it that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you know, like I was thinking to myself, okay, well, if this wasn't the podcast, I would, I probably would have turned it off somewhere in there. I don't know where. Yep. But uh, I would have been, I would have been too busy making sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been full and satisfied. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, yeah, I think like. I can see what Guy Ritchie's trying to do, but I just think he's failed at it a bit because he just yep. he's made it. It's just too messy and too all over the shop that it just detracts from the story at the yeah. end of the day. Like I just yeah. like you still you yeah. still got to have like a story that's easy yeah. to follow. I guess I was um I was going to say that like going on his previous films, so you know um, Snatch, um, Lockstock, and. I'm I'm a real big fan of Rock and Roller as well. I really like that film. It's awesome. They were they were smart and yeah, really like intelligent films. Yeah. And um and this film just wasn't smart or intelligent. It was really rough and almost like rushed. It was almost it was like messy. it was one of those ones. Yeah, it was so messy exactly. And it was almost messy. seemed to me like it was one of those films where the studio really just wanted him to get another film out. And he, he didn't yeah. really want to do it, but he was under contract and he couldn't get out of a contract unless he made another film. So he just went, ah, oh, this is it, and just get it out. And he called in some favours because there's you know a few recurring actors in, mm. so you know yeah. Statham and the, um, oh, I can never remember that guy's name. He's the the guy that's the shooter. 
in the in this oh, film. Oh, oh, never. I, met. He's, I in, he's in his just. Name. He's in so many of. He's, oh, he was good actually. Yeah, yeah, Mark Strong. He was good. I liked him. He's in a lot of films. He's actually my favorite character for the film. Yeah, easily, But it's just it was just messy and it was just all over the place and it was just like I almost like was I felt. Again, he was in that bit at the start. Yeah, he wasn't, but it was like probably one of the more important characters. Yeah, and but not enough. And I don't know. It just it just felt like it was like a the whole movie was just like a yeah like a I I have to make another movie to get out of a contract sort of thing. And this is it. I don't care. Or yeah. it was, or it was Guy Ritchie thinking to himself, I don't want to be known as just the you know the, the, gangster, the, gangster. the gangster guy. So I'm going to try mm. something new. And, and that's that's and, and then afterwards like. Yeah, maybe I'm the gangster guy. That's yeah, I, I felt that <laughs> yeah. he was. Uh, okay. And so, and so was rock and roller. Rock and roll would have been what year was that? Two thousand and eight. So was yeah okay. So, was two so years that was after. his next one. Yeah. Yeah. Because rock and roller feels like a return. Yeah. To what he what he was doing best. Yeah. But the thing with like uh, yeah with rock and roller like and rock and roller and- rock and roller is a lot more like snatch and Lockstock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He clearly did this and then went, oh, that didn't work at all. I'll go back to what I know. And yep. what I'm good at. Yeah. And it's, it's probably a and case of heaps better. everybody went to the movies expecting another game. Like when I first mm. saw it, when I was browsing the interwebs and came across it and saw Revolver. And I mean, maybe this is one of the things that really enticed me into it is because I was so heavily expecting another gangster film, another, you know, well, snatch. It another, kind of sort of was a gangster just, film. Look, it, it was, but it was far more... It had that the gangster element, the Guy Ritchie gangster element, uh, but then it just it threw me so far to the left, and I was like, what the hell just happened? I think that's why I wanted to come back to it and have wanted to answer there so many times, because I was, I was probably so invested in what I was expecting... And then it was just completely different, and and yeah, maybe that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about it. But uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a few scenes in it, yeah, that make me cringe a little bit. Yeah, like the whole the animated. Some of it's really good. Some of it's just like really cheesy and shit. I think it looks. Animated. I think it looks good. I just don't think it, it was really done had a well. Place. But yeah, it didn't really have a that's place. Um, but speak going back to uh, sorry the. Sorta is that awesome character's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah the sorta. Can't sorta. remember his name. Yeah. Sorta. One of the my Are we talking about Mike Strong. Yeah, Mike Strong. Yes. Yep. Thank One you. of my my favorite scene. There's there's three scenes in this movie that just blow me away every time I see them, and who knows they might be heavily influencing uh, the rest of my opinion on the movie. But the my favorite scene in the whole movie is the scene where Sorta just after he shoots uh, Paulie um, when they're in the apartment and then sort of goes around and shoots all the gangsters, right? And everything about that scene to me is like super yeah. awesome. Cause like it, it, the, the camera panning and zooming the music, everything about it just really represents what this guy is really well. Like yeah. the, the, the way that like he is just this collected guy and the way it's the cameras so heavily, there's no free hand camera work. It's all panned very, you know, on rails yeah, and very pans. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it, to me, it just represented this character so well because this character is obviously well, the good super th- OCD. And I mean, the other good thing about that scene as well is that you know we're almost introduced to this character as the guy who missed. You know, like yeah, he, like and, yeah. and he never misses. Yeah, exactly. And he missed three times. <laughs> <long> three times. <laughs> yeah, and so this is almost like his redemption of just kind of going around and 
But it's good because like obviously you know he switches <laughs> sides. Sorry, what do you got, Al? Yeah, well, I was just gonna say like that. See that that was another scene that confused the bejesus out of me. The first one where he missed three times. Yeah. Because mm. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Why do I care that he missed? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And he was whereas, shooting. Yeah. Whereas if you'd run that scene, the latter scene in the apartment, which yep. I really liked as well. I really liked that scene. Yep. Maybe because I could understand <laughs> what was going on, what was happening. But if you'd run that scene first and he missed in that and then went back and played the other scene. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Like it wasn't till that second apartment scene that I got on board with that character. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he's a, I think he's a great character. The thing about the, well, going back to where he says he missed. Now, this is obviously, I'm, I'm pretty much going to guarantee that you guys may have missed this because I only picked it up in my <laughs> 900 times of watching it. <laughs> um, but the, for the whole movie, there's these little lines that are spoken by Sorter uh, that he doesn't understand why he's trying to kill Jake Green. And the first one, obviously, yeah, he says he missed. And uh, what's his name? Ray Liotta's character, uh, Maka, asks, why did he miss? And he's like, oh, you know, I had, a, I had a bad feeling. And it's like, what do you mean you had a bad feeling? Right? And they kind of just leave it at that, right? And you're like, sure. Um, and then later on, it's in the restaurant scene when all hell breaks loose. There's like this one second scene where it snips to Maka talking to... Uh, not Maka, talk, um sort of talking to some guy and you can ever so faintly hear him saying, oh, you know, it's Jake Green. Why are we going after Jake Green? What did he do? And then it cuts, right? But it's so quiet and you're like, oh, you know, you wouldn't think anything twice. And it's good because I'm kind of like the whole movie, here's this calculated hitman who is extremely professional at what he does and he's obviously having a, a dilemma. You know, he obviously likes or has, you know, had willings and dealings in the past with Jake Green and uh, can't understand why... He needs to kill him, and that's why he doesn't kill him. That's why he misses at the start. It's like the movie kind of drops these little hints throughout, you know, through you know, as it's playing along. That, um, yeah, this sort of guy's not comfortable with with what's happening, what he's being hired to do. But yeah, no. but obviously, I really like the fact that he switched sides and blah blah blah. And uh, I wasn't expecting him to get killed, but yeah, how about that? Eh? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of, uh, we might as well just go through and see if we can pick out some scenes that were good. I. I mean, I um, the scene where the assassin is going to kill Mac, Mac, Macca. Macca, sorry, <laughs> big, in the big Macca. in the restaurant, yep. and um, he gets she gets shot in the throat. Oh her. yeah, yeah. And there's this really oh, long yeah. bit where she's lying on the ground, and he's like being pushed to the ground and yeah. stuff, and she's trying to get the like she's so almost dead. She's trying to get the gun to point at yeah. him to to get him because she's still just like. I really like that. Like, it was just intense. I, thought, I found that really oh, yeah, intense. That was, good. that was an awesome scene. Like, yeah, like I said, you know, a couple of scenes in this movie, maybe they mm. help sway my opinion because I really love... So that is one, another one of the scenes I love. Mm. Is There's a couple of reasons I love it because it's just... It's a bit of piano, you know? Like, it's just this nice little piano piece playing. I, I don't, don't know who plays it. It's a very... Everyone knows it. But um, there's that. Um, then there's... It keeps cutting back to obviously Lord John talking about what they're going to do. You know, he's talking about how, you know, how can anything so beautiful be so deadly? And like, you know, cause obviously she's an assassin. Um, but I love the fact that you can't hear anything else. It's just the piano, some talking. Yeah. And then there's these muffled, like super muffled gunshots. And I love that. That's the whole scene. Um, until basically 
you know, all the shooting stops. And I, I really like that. That was another, mm. I thought that was a great scene. Yeah. See, um, I agree. I totally agree. Like, that's a, a lovely scene. It's, the audio is amazing. It's super intense, like you said, Timmy. But, yeah. you know, that's like, that's like, you know, a slice of pizza in <laughs> a whole a whole pizza that's Agreed. just like, yeah. you know, like, it, it's not making it up enough. Like, yeah, you're right. There are some great scenes but that, the whole movie felt yeah. like just separate scenes like i don't feel like this connected together at all i'm like yeah. oh now i'm watching this now i'm watching <laughs> yeah. this now i'm watching this this is all now i'm watching this like, uh, yeah credits now this may have a whole lot to do with the fact that um when the film was released uh you know I'd say one out of four people really enjoyed this film. Uh, <laughs> Big call. <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> I'm just I'm basing it on the statistics of us. Uh, but <laughs> so, so um, touche. Yeah. So no, I'm gonna say. Look, yeah. Obviously, when, when this movie came out at the movies, it had a very low, um, a very low uh, positive you know, reviews. Like it, it was a lot of critics really tore it apart. Which is probably why it got edited and re-released. Now, I've been mean to ask you this. What? What? What's the? What's the other edit? So, as you gents know, I had to source you copies for this film because I haven't purchased it, and I uh, had to ensure that I got the right copies to you, for you guys to watch. Um, because the edited version, whilst it is the same film, um, it is a lot more dulled down. So I think it's they've attempted to re-edit the film. There's a couple of scenes that weren't in the original, um, and then they've cut a lot out. And I think it's they've attempted to do what you guys are explaining. You're saying we want to understand who these people are. Why are we getting introduced to all these characters? Why are we getting thrown around so much? And I think the edited version kind of does that fairly well. It's still quite a confusing film, but the ending and all that is is completely different. It's with, it's totally with the um with the edited version. Do they start the film with what got him into prison? Um, I think they. I can't remember. I don't think so. I'm only saying that because after this, I had to go to Wikipedia and look at the plot just so I could figure out exactly what was going on. Yeah, and they actually the plot synopsis synopsis started with. All the stuff where he got into shit and shot the guy's foot and then all hell broke loose. And, okay, yeah. And then he went to prison. No, so it doesn't... I think it does touch uh, on it fairly early on. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously that's that's something that it's taken, again, you know, like without sounding like a broken record, that I've had to watch this film multiple times to understand a whole lot of things, like the three Irish guys and understanding the money-making scheme that they had going on. And to properly understand that, you know, I've, I've had to watch it quite a few times and... I think the edited version uh, that I think was only released in USA and Australia. I think I I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but so um, so this will make this will make amazing listening for our audience who don't have access to the Julian Slaney edited <laughs> yeah. version. No, you, you can. <laughs> That's you a can, good point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't you, think you, of that. You can easily you can easily quite find it. Um, Okay, look, maybe we... Look, I could get... I could honestly talk about this movie all day and try and understand the ins and outs of it, but I think I have a far greater understanding of this film than you gents do. Maybe we should start leaning towards... Um, 
start leaning towards some uh, ratings rating here. systems. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, um, maybe, maybe I should go first because yeah, I'm going to be the most simple. I think that's as... a great idea. So maybe start with the San Dimas scale. Um, um, do you want to give us a rundown of the San Dimas, San Dimas scale? Al probably shouldn't do it because he's all pixelated. Yeah, and, sure. So <laughs> San Dimas scale basically um, is we rate every movie that we watch against uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, 100% is equivalent to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So... Um, and we also have another scale, which I'll just, I might as well talk about as well. The sandwich, because it's going to be pretty relevant today, I think. <laughs> um, so basically, if you're watching a movie and you are so distracted and, and you know, you're, you're getting hungry or whatever, and Bored of you the get film. up and you start making sandwiches and you're not really paying attention to the film, so obviously the more sandwiches, the worse uh, the outcome for the film, really. So, um, But cool. yeah, Slane, do you want to uh, kick us off? Okay, so with the San Dimas scale, uh, do I rate it against Bill and Ted? You know, would I say it's on par with Bill and Ted? Not even close. Um, I'd probably give it. Uh, I'd probably give it fifty percent of Bill and Ted's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd give it for the simple fact that I have come back to it so many times. Probably, yeah, I, now that you guys have pointed out, obviously, you know, a lot of the film. The the choppiness of it, and you know, it, so many ways it could have been improved. You know, I agree with that. But for the simple fact that it kept drawing me back, every now and then I'd be scrolling through, I'd go, what am I going to watch? And then I'd see Revolver there, and I'd be like, you know what, I just, I want to gain a little more understanding of this. It kept pulling me back. That's why I'd probably uh, give it, you know, uh, 50% at least. Sandwiches? No, no sandwiches for me on this one. I mean, the thing is, in terms of pulling you back, I must admit, though, the last scene between him and Macca, I thought... I actually really enjoyed that scene for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't really know what was going on. Super powerful but scene. But I, I felt like I watched that. I, as soon as the film finished, I went back and watched that scene again. I, there was something about it. Whether it was the, it was probably a mixture of all things in terms of the lighting and just the, the comparison between Mister Green's face and um, and Macca's face with the girl there. But again, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. But there was something about that scene that I did enjoy. Um, I might as well skip straight into um, talking about rankings. I mean, look, I, as I said, look, I probably would have turned this off um, <clears throat> if we weren't doing it as a podcast. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm right down there, to be honest with you. I probably won't watch it again. Um, I might give it maybe 10%. 10%, yeah. I mean, there were some good scenes in there that I enjoyed. Um, I started watching this movie, got half an hour in and stopped it and said, I can't do this right now. <laughs> so that's a pretty that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty big sign. Yeah. I came back to it later on um, and started it all again. So, yeah, look, I'd, if I was hungry at the time, I probably would have spent the whole time making sandwiches. But look, as I mean, look, there were good scenes in there. I can see the intent, but I just think it was an absolute mess, to be honest yeah. with you. So, um, Brad? <laughs> hey, Phil, yeah. buddy. Oh, look, I'm better than when we started, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie, I, I first time, actually, the first two times I watched it, I fell asleep. So, um, now you said you, you said you think you may have previously seen this film. I, yeah, I thought I had, but but definitely not. Okay, no. Nah, um, so the first two times I tried to watch it, I fell asleep. So then I gave it another go. And uh, I got all the way through and it was just at the end, I don't know, it seemed to be, for me, it was like, it was an all right sort of film. It was like, I watched it all the way through and I think I made, I think I did actually get up and make a sandwich at the time because it was like lunchtime when I watched it. A literal sandwich. Like an actual sandwich. (laughs) So, um, but you know, paused it and came back. But 
it's just like the end and it's it was just messy and it was just it just wasn't what I was expecting and it wasn't the masterpiece that was like everything else that he's yeah. done, you know, there's so many lines that you quote out of Lockstock and and Snatch and, and Rock and Roller, and there's nothing that you would ever quote to anyone out of this, purely because no one's seen it. Yeah. So no <laughs> one knows point. what you're it's talking about. Um, and there, there was also just nothing really for me that was that that quotable sort of stuff, you know? Mm. And it was like, it's just, it, I just, I thought it was just a real letdown for a Guy Ritchie film. So, yeah. Yeah. It certainly didn't feel like a Guy Ritchie film. No, but in no. some ways it kind of did. But I think Al got on the head. It was like a like someone was trying to do a Guy Ritchie film, and it wasn't yeah. him. You know. Mm. So what's your percentage? Uh, yeah, it'd have to be you know in the probably in the thirties, okay. somewhere mid. Let's say thirty five. That's actually more than I was expecting, to be honest. Yeah. Look, I've I've seen worse. Yeah, <laughs> not like much. like <laughs> Mulholland Drive. I'd still probably consider just I just oh. had no idea what was going on in that film, and that just I still I've seen it like ten times, and still yeah. I sit there at the end and go, huh? So Mulholland Drive what? is like your revolver. Yeah, <laughs> just keep going. Yeah, back. that's it. There you go. Yeah, 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 that's it. You've watched it so many times, mm. but you probably do enjoy the film, or do you just want to try and gain some understanding? I'm, no, I'm seriously, it. I've got way past ever enjoying that film. I, I just want to yeah. know what's going on, that's and I it. still don't know. That, and, but that probably nails it on the head. That's exactly why I keep coming back to this film. Like, it's probably oh my god, you guys are connecting right now over this right, film. Yeah. Man, there's light shooting <laughs> of our mouths and. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, well, but right. and but Donnie Darko is also the same thing. It's like, and I think Ellen also summed that up. It's like, I love Donnie Darko. I kind of yeah. don't care that I don't know what's going exactly. on. It's just such a great film. It's like I don't I think care. That's, that's the yeah, point, that's right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so at the end, everyone goes, "What's that about?" Yeah. And I go, "I don't know." Could be this. Could be that. Yeah, no, yeah, it could be a lot of things. And yeah. it's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Apparently, it's about time that travel. <laughs> that real something me about filmmaking is where like. You know, you literally sit there going, "I have no idea," but it was great. And the thing is, I mean, that's—I mean, that's the thing—to not to be left with questions after still really enjoying the film is so awesome compared to you know just having questions yeah. or, or <laughs> asking or, the question of what was that about versus why was this made or just being spoon fed everything like there's a yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like there's so many films out there that just you know you wish they just let it unanswered but they spoon yeah. feed you everything I mean maybe that's one of the things I like about it is the fact that I feel as though I can figure it out like I, I could watch Mulholland Drive thousand times fucked if i know if i'm ever going to understand that film but i feel like i can figure this out i feel like i can understand this so uh l i am on par with timmy i gave this 10 percent as well and solely for those particular scenes that on their own were great yep but didn't fit in anywhere else i actually sent tim a photo i <laughs> I actually made sandwiches during this film. <laughs> it was a whole plate of sandwiches. Oh. I only made I was one like, sandwich. Dude, I'm watching Revolver right now. Check out what I made. We're gonna like, uh, we're throwing that on the Facebook page. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yep, definitely. But but part of my ten percent also goes to Slaney for picking a random film, like a film that none <laughs> of us had seen and has, you know, made for quite an interesting show this this week mm. and. In fact, most I'd say nine percent of it goes to Jules. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, the issue is, it's an interesting episode for the four of us, but for other people, I'm just, you know, if they can, because I'm, I, I, what else said before about getting the right copy? I don't know. Like that's a yeah. There's lots of them out there. Mm. If um, you are, 
interwebs. We we so. are we are getting close um, to the end, but I I do believe we haven't had this for a while. Um, but it's, I think it's time for podcasting <coughs> a, a wider net. net. So the backlash from the last two episodes has been insurmountable. So I thought <laughs> I'd better do it this week. Um, I found I found two podcasts this week on Revolver. The first one is called uh, uh, Dilettante Film and TV <laughs> Review. It's by this guy called Joseph Hazani. Uh, it's like three minutes and it's just as confusing as the film. So, <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Yeah. All right, I'm on it. So second film, well, sorry, second podcast you found now. The other one I found was called Best Forgotten Movies. Now, I haven't listened to the whole <laughs> podcast yet. Hang on, uh, is that like, this thing's best forgotten, or is it's, it? it's actually <laughs> yeah. the best of the forgotten films? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I'll, I'd, I'd go down the first bit, well, I'd say uh, this is best there's... forgotten. <laughs> uh, look, I, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I started listening to it. It's by two blokes from the UK, and I'm going to check them out. You know, like, I'm going to see what other films they've done, and... You know, I think it, they're going to... It felt like a very similar podcast to what we're doing. So if you like what we're doing... What what were, they, them. What were they called? It's called Best Forgotten Movies! Ah, Best Forgotten Movies, Exclamation yeah. mark. That's right, of course. Sorry, I thought that was... Uh, Ooh, yes. Exclamation mark. Ooh. All right. We, we yes. need one of them. Best, Let's get so one. it could be Best Forgotten Movies! Yes. As opposed to Best Forgotten Movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> All right. All right, we might. And that uh, concludes <laughs> podcasting a wider net. net. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, look, I think that's um, email. That's oh, well, hang on a minute. That's pretty much the first thing we need to do is we need to figure out what the hell we're going to be doing next time. Ooh. Oh, that's me. Yeah, and well, it is. Turn. It is Brad's turn. So, Brad, would you like oh. to do the honors, please? Well, I've been thinking about this, and I was, I was going to, you know, we've done a lot of films it's from like Revolver from. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to be a revolver. So we've done a lot of films that are, are, are a little bit on the older side. And uh, what's our most modern film that we've done? What was uh, it? Was Moon? Yeah, when Moon. was that? So, and we've also done sort of, you know, a lot of uh, films that are probably, uh, let's just say, male-orientated enjoyment sort of film. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up a bit. Ooh. And I'm going to go for a Ryan Gosling film. Nice. <laughs> Dreamboat Gosling. Dreamboat. We're going to have a very romantic night, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, you know, just, just because we know we can't just always do films that interest us. We've got to, you know, we've got to sit back there and look and look at things. So we're going for, a, you know, Ryan Gosling, Dreamboat himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm going to go down uh, 2011 Drive. Hey. Ooh, nice oh, nice one. Good selection. Yes. That's Great a good one. Film. Yeah. No, right. oh, I'd just like I'm to put so it this excited. way. This is a film that uh, a lot of girls probably went and saw because it had Ryan Gosling in it. Yeah. And then not? walked out at the end and went, what the hell was <laughs> that? <laughs> kind of like everyone did with Revolver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really love this film. All so right. yeah, I think it'll be a good one for us. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I think that about wraps it up, lads. So, very good. Well done. We all got through it in one piece. <laughs> um, so, look, if anyone has anything to say, via writing, obviously, we've uh, got a, our email address is sandemusfilm at gmail.com. Um, search for us on iTunes. If you want to find us on an Android device, I found that Podcast Addict is a good app to get. Ooh, ooh, thanks to for find the us advice. on that. So, if, you, if you're if you not um, an Apple user, very well I done. I believe... 
I believe, Tim, that's what our only listener is listening to us on. I, hi, Mum. Hi, Mum. <laughs> hi, um, and, um, and, yeah, so next week, drive. Sounds good, guys. Sweet. Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Sweet. I think, Al, you, you might still be away next time, so we'll try. I will be we'll, away. But, I might be in the proper circuits of time, and I might be in Perth. Okay. Ah. All right. I might also be hungover because I've got a big party so it'll be- next, next <laughs> weekend as well. All right. So, Wait, you yes. need to cut down. <laughs> Settle down, Brad. Yeah. Jesus. But I'll, tr- I'll try. Just, All right. I can't promise anything. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, right. and um, then, see you next time. Looking see you, guys.